You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. We're talking Brewers baseball today with Adam McKelvey, our Brewers reporter on this Tuesday, September 6th. And Adam, a pleasure as always. And, you know, I, we got to start with the recent sweep of the Brewers over the Pirates at PNC Park because for my money, this whole thing's becoming pretty comical at this point between the two teams because we made such a huge deal the last uh, couple of weeks about, you know, the Brewers never lose to the Pirates uh, at Miller Park. And sure enough, they get swept in a four-game series, so the Pirates are feeling good about themselves. They're thinking, all right, we got momentum. We got these guys coming to our backyard for three more. The Brewers turn right around and sweep them in that three-game series at uh, PNC Park. So naturally, I guess on the, uh, the wow scale for you, which was more stunning, uh, getting swept at home considering the 10-year the history of that or sweeping this team on the road at coming off getting swept at four games? Uh, I think it was the, what happened at Miller Park because we've just seen the Pirates come in and play so poorly here and get beat so soundly. I think the sweep that series at Miller Park was the more surprising part. The Pirates now have gone into, since that series, a, a downturn, and they're playing poorly not just against the Brewers but other clubs too and trying to – hang on uh, for a last-ditch run at this wild card. So I think the Brewers sort of caught them in the midst of a downturn uh, at PNC Park. But really, the whole thing sort of is emblematic of there's no explanation for this. Because even the Pirates' long struggles at Miller Park, um, you're talking about totally different teams from when that streak started. And it, it makes it hard to come up with a logical explanation for why that would happen. I don't think there is one. I think it's just one of those kind of quirks of the schedule and of, of baseball that doesn't have really a, a great logical explanation. It was bound to change. And those uh, couple of games at Miller park were the time it just happened to change. Yeah, it, it did. And then, uh, you know, like I said, to, to come back and not only win all three games at PNC park, but two of those via shutout, there was a one, nothing win on Friday and then a 10, nothing win on Sunday, uh, seven, four sandwiched in between those. So a great weekend for the crew at PNC Park, and uh, Adam going back to that uh, 1-0 win on Friday. That marked the return of a Junior Guerra from the DL. Only pitched into the fourth, but I'm guessing that he was, uh, you know, on a leash, on a pretty short leash because he was coming back from the injury. But what really stuck out to me was the work of six relievers who turned in a combined five and two-thirds innings of scoreless ball that night to help seal the win. And, you know, for a team, we've touched on this before, but for a team that lost very valuable bullpen arms at the deadline and uh, Will Smith and Jeremy Jeffress, you know, for in my eyes, this was the most uh, encouraging performance yet by that new-look bullpen. Do you agree? Yeah, and it was the sort of game you really only see in September. I don't know how many one nothing shutouts that involves seven pitchers you're going <laughs> to see before uh, September 1. Um, it is encouraging the way that they've gotten performance out of the other guys. Uh, Corey Knable is one of those guys who's been very up and down in, in his outings um, over the last few weeks. But when he's good, he's a very good relief pitcher, and he's still a youngish guy kind of finding his way. He's got the potential to close down the line, but he's sort of having learning, uh, you know, some learning pains along the way. Um, Tyler Thornburg, their closer, has really been good since switching to that role. They've got options, and – 
you know, it sort of fuels the line of thinking in baseball that you can't find bullpen help anywhere. Um, it's the argument against spending for multi-year relievers at the winter meetings, and teams are always going to do it. Uh, you're going to see it this year. You're going to see it every year. But, you know, there always are examples of clubs that are able to find really good relief help from places where you don't expect. And that's been the case for the Brewers. The, the one name that stands out to me in that category is, uh, is Torres, uh, who they picked up from the uh, free agency at the very end. He'd pitched, uh, he'd pitched with the Mets. The Brewers picked him up, I think, on the last day of spring training as they were playing an exhibition game. And he's been a huge part of their bullpen all season. That is not something you could have drawn up going into the into the year, and you know, look, you can also find value in giving three-year deals to relievers, but uh, the odds of those deals blowing up seem to me to be pretty high. And I think the Brewers are kind of an interesting case of a team that didn't invest long-term in bullpen arms and has found some pretty good results. Yeah, and you would think that teams would kind of follow that model, but like you said, every single year in the whether it's the winter meetings or the off-season in general. Somebody throws a ridiculous contract at a reliever. Sometimes it works out. You know, when the Yankees gave four years to Andrew Miller, you know, he was lights out before they dealt him to the Indians. And like I said, it doesn't always fail, but more times than not, it is wasted money. And, Adam, you brought up a good point about, uh, you know, finding value where you least expect it. You could affix that description to Junior Guerra. I mean, he came out of nowhere to become, you know, in the opinions of many, the team's most consistent starter uh, here so far in 2016. Zach Davies might give him a run for his money in that category, but nonetheless, uh, his performance uh, on Friday night, like I said, only pitched into the fourth inning, but I'm thinking that was by design because they didn't want to stretch him too far, correct? Yeah, he'd only made one rehab starting only through 55 pitches in that game, so it was natural that he was going to be Limited, and now each time out he'll be able to extend. And, and look, I think he's one guy to really look at on this Brewers team in September because this is for Junior Guerra himself to prove that the stuff he did uh, over his three months in the rotation were no fluke. It's also important for the Brewers who go into the offseason still in sell mode with players to deal. Uh, and Junior Guerra's, you know, at the top of the list. If teams are convinced that, that what he did, and he can back this up in September – was legit. I think he's a really good trade candidate, a guy who's costing nothing because he's years away even from arbitration, lots of club control left. He's exactly the type of uh, sort of uh, gamble that a contending team might be willing to take. So I, I think that makes these final four weeks extremely important for Junior Guerra and for the Brewers. Yeah, it's uh, important on both fronts, and uh, we'll see what he can do when the when the club lets him stretch things out a little bit more over the course of these uh, next couple of weeks heading towards the end of the regular season. And, and uh, Adam, the, the team's four-game winning streak uh, snapped on Labor Day by the Cubs. No shame in that. Obviously, the Cubs are, whatever, a 1,000 games above 500. But tonight, <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday, we get to see Willie Peralta make start number six since returning from his exile at uh, AAA. And uh, we've touched on this numerous times. He's been a, a totally different pitcher, a complete 180 uh, since before he got sent down to Colorado Springs. But I think tonight – this is going to be his biggest test by far, considering the opponent at the same time also coming off what I think is his best start of the year by far. Seven innings, three hits, one run, 10 Ks against uh, a team that some consider even a better offense than the Cubs. That would be the St. Louis Cardinals. They've hit home runs and scored runs like crazy this year. Nonetheless, how important is uh, this start tonight against the consensus best team in baseball overall 
in terms of uh, determining if Mr. Peralta has really kind of turned the corner here for good, for good and is getting back to the pitcher that he once was. Well, it's certainly a good test. You're not going to base your analysis of what he's done on one game. But it is his first outing against the Cubs all season long. He, it comes in a stretch, as you said, that he's throwing the ball very well. He has his confidence back. I, I don't know that this might be one case where we can't measure what he's doing by the metrics, uh, although those are good, too. The velocity's up, and it's been up since he came back. But he, he's a more confident pitcher. He's throwing the breaking ball. His slider is a big pitch for him. He's throwing that pitch with a lot more authority, a lot more snap, and a lot more effectively. And I think a lot of that comes from confidence. So big test tonight. The first time he's faced the Cubs all year. Um, so it's his first look at Bryant Rizzo and, and those guys. And um, also I think for, for Willie Peralta, September counts is pretty important because the Brewers have to figure out what to do with this guy. He'll be arbitration eligible again. He'll be costly. And um, they need to figure out where he fits. They do, and uh, tonight will be a, a good start towards uh, determining that because, uh, you know, he was great against the Cardinals. If he can turn in another great or even good effort against the Cubs tonight, uh, his stock uh, definitely is going to go up. There's no question there. Um, uh, Mark, Adam, Adam, your name is Adam. Coming down, <laughs> I just spoke to Mark Sheldon of the Reds. Uh, that's my excuse there, but you are Adam McKelvey, our Brewers reporter, and I ask you, Adam McKelvey, uh, to give us a bit of a scouting report on Ryan Cordell as uh, he was the player to be named later, and he's been named. Uh, he is the player that completes the trade for Jeremy Jeffress. Uh, what I find telling is that he was the only the uh, he's only the 18th ranked prospect uh, right now with the Brewers. He was number six with the Rangers, so I think that speaks to the depth and the talent in the Brewers' uh, farm system right now. What can you tell us about Ryan Cordell? Well, interesting power speed guy. He hit 19 homers in the Texas League uh, in a season that ended August 2nd. He, he had a high ankle sprain going for a ball and crashed into the outfield wall. Uh, so an abbreviated season, 19 homers. He had 12 stolen bases, but what David Stearns, the Brewers' GM, told us is that there's plus-plus raw speed, and they think that the stolen base number has an, a chance to go up as he learns more about base stealing and becomes a more um, advanced base stealer. So that, that's something to kind of keep an eye on uh, with him as he moves forward, uh, gets more coaching at the upper levels of the minor leagues, and, and starts making his way toward the big leagues. So uh, this is a significant player uh, completing that three-player deal, which is kind of what we were told all along, hold off on evaluating what the Brewers got for Jonathan Lucroy and Jeremy Jeffress until you see who this third player was. And this sort of explains why people were saying that. Uh, he was hurt and has not played, like I said, um, for the last month or so. But the Brewers feel like he's getting close to being healthy. He's going to go to Phoenix to continue finishing his rehab and then play in the fall instructional league. So I, I think he's a guy who has a chance. Uh, next year he will have to go on the 40-man roster this offseason. So that option clock is going to start ticking next year, and the Brewers will move him up and, and probably see what he can do at the next level. That puts him close to being in the big leagues. Just in the big picture for this Brewers team, you add him to a long list now of center field types on the upper levels of this system. You're talking about uh, Corey Ray, their first-round draft pick this year, Lewis Brinson, another guy who's going to go on the 40-man, another guy they got in that Texas trade um, for Lucroy, um, Brett Phillips, the player they got in the Carlos Gomez trade last year. They, they are really – and then Tyrone Taylor is another player in the Brewers' top ten who's a Milwaukee draft pick who's been developing in their system. So that's a pretty long list of center fielders who are now, you know, advancing double A, triple A type 
uh, level, and it's going to be a challenge for Tom Flanagan, their farm director, and David Stearns to figure out how to fill out the minor league systems to start next season. David Stearns chalked that up when we asked him about it yesterday. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, I was just so they've got say, that's... And, and they've got pieces. Yeah, they've got options. That's they've got a lot of talent. Uh, the the old saying, it's a good problem to have. And I'll tell you what, if Cordell. Uh, does make it to the big league level. He could potentially have a heck of a tutor in the stolen base department in Jonathan VR, who's had a breakout season in that department this year. So we'll see what transpires there. And uh, Adam, to uh, wrap up here, the nominees for the Roberto Clemente Award announced on this Tuesday for the second time in three years. Ryan Braun is the nominee for the Milwaukee Brewers. And, you know, there's always going to be people that will affix the devil horns to Ryan Braun, no matter what, for his past sins, his past trans- transgressions. That will never change. But I think it says a lot that, uh, you know, to be the nominee for this award, not just this year, but again, back in 2014 as well, it speaks to who he is as a person and uh, the way that he's kind of rehabbed his image uh, after a very ugly chapter and not just his career, but his life for a while. Yeah, and look, he, you know, there's going to be the cynics who say he's doing these things in the community because he has to, and maybe that's true. But, but I'll tell you, there also is a genuineness to uh, that part of him. I mean, I was just talking to him on the bench uh, this afternoon, and we had to cut it short because he had a meet-and-greet with a nine-year-old fan who's dealing with some health challenges, and, and Braun is really good in those situations. He does a lot for the team in the community. He's the face of the franchise, troubles or not. Uh, and this is something that the people in the front office who make this decision felt pretty comfortable that he was the, the clear far and away choice uh, for this really, what is really a prestigious award. And I'll tell you, this is one that players really do care about. Um, anything with Roberto Clemente's name attached to it has a lot of meaning to these uh, ball players. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's a very difficult award to win. But to be your team's representative, to be your team's nominee, that in itself is a is a huge, huge honor. And uh, it's going to be announced uh, the winner of the Roberto Clemente Award during the 2016 World Series. We wish uh, Ryan Braun all the luck in the world uh, in that regard, certainly. Uh, Adam, good place to wrap this one up. Adam McKelvey, our Brewers reporter, joining us uh, this week. We'll do it again at this time next week. In the meantime, Matt Waymire signing off for MLB.com Extras, Milwaukee Brewers. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from sky rocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of 
the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.